You're listening to the Jefferson Exchange. I'm Charlie Zimmerman. Thanks for joining us. Today, we'll start with the debrief, our roundup of the JPR News of the Week. Those stories include the resignation of Ashland City Manager and a proposal to use some of Oregon's kicker to fund wildfire programs. JPR News Director Eric Newman is joined by reporters Roman Battaglia and Jane Vaughn. Hello. Hello. Good Good morning, morning. everybody. Hello. Um, Jane, we're going to start with you. You covered a story this week from our Southern Oregon State Senator, Jeff Golden. Um, It involves the state's kicker program and wildfire prevention. What is he proposing exactly? Yeah, basically the proposal is to use some of the state's kicker to fund wildfire programs. So if you don't know what the kicker is, it's Oregon's tax rebate uh, program for citizens. So that kicks in whenever there's a revenue surplus that's above 2%. And so we as taxpayers claim the kicker as a refundable credit on our uh, 2023 tax return that will be filed in 2024. So this Upcoming kicker, which is for the past two years, basically, is more than $5.61 billion, wow. which Ooh. is the largest kicker ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Senator Jeff Golden is proposing that we take 30% of that kicker, which would be about $1.7 billion, and put it in an ongoing trust fund, which would then be administered by the Oregon Treasury, and it would be invested. And then the interest and the dividends on that investment would go toward wildfire programs and reduction and, and things like that. And he said, you know, the details of that investment are sort of open to negotiation. He's, you know, trying to, to work with people on that. And he sent a letter to state legislators on Monday with this proposal this idea. Mm -hmm. And he explains that he has estimated that a a 6% return on this investment, which is a one-time investment, would yield about $102 million a year, which would obviously then go towards wildfire programs. Um, And also want to note the other 70% of the kicker would still be returned to the taxpayers as usual. We would all still get a kicker. It would just be a little bit less than than we would get otherwise. It's still a lot of money. It's like $4 billion. Yes. It's still the largest kicker ever, um, but that's the proposal. Gotcha. So wildfires are obviously a huge problem here. Senator Golden has been very active when it comes Mm -hmm. to working on legislation around this issue. Um, what, What sort of background is important to know about what he's done on this issue? Yeah, so so it's been a lot. Obviously, like you said, wildfires are a huge problem here. So back in 2021, Oregon passed Senate Bill 762, which put about $220 million toward wildfire preparedness, which was obviously a big deal. Senator Golden says the recent budget, which was 2023 through 2025, appropriated less than $100 million towards that that same goal. So he basically sees this as um, a a big need, and he thinks that investing 30% of the kicker would be a really crucial sort of one-time way to not necessarily fix the problem forever, but it would really help address this big problem long-term. So here's what he had to say about that. The general fund cannot support adequate wildfire programs to protect our communities, and no one else is suggesting a source of funding that can protect our communities going forward. This is one option. And then he's also been uh, really involved in helping create the state's new wildfire risk map, which basically creates these these different zones and it helps show homeowners about their exposure to wildfire risk, helps determine where fire mitigation resources should be prioritized in the state. So clearly it's a it's a big issue for him and something that he's been working on. So everybody loves the kicker. What sort of response has he gotten from other lawmakers about taking some of that money from the kicker 
and putting it into wildfire prevention. Yeah, he says he's heard positive things from fellow Democrats. Um, I didn't hear back from anybody that I uh, reached out to this week, except for Senate Minority Leader Tim Canope. We got a statement from him, and he says that Senator Golden is trying to use wildfire to attempt to take the kicker, and he, Senator Canope, trusts Oregonians to spend and invest over collected taxes more than he does the legislature. So he does not sound like a fan of this plan. Um, Senator Golden says he hasn't received a response to his his proposal in the letter yet, so we'll see. Um, there is a little bit of a, a timing issue because the Department of Revenue has to work on the 2023 income tax forms, um, and they will have a provision for the kicker in them. So the timing's a little bit messy of when do those go out and when are we going to make a decision on this. So we'll have to see. Okay. Thanks, Jane. Sure. Roman, we're going to turn to you now. So um, we had some breaking news out of Ashland this week. Um, the city manager announced that he's stepping down. What happened? Yeah. So we we learned about this resignation through a couple of different things, through a internal email that we got um, obtained via a public records request. And then we also heard about this through a scheduled public meeting that is happening today. Um, it didn't provide a lot of information in that email other than basically saying that the manager, city manager Joe Lassard is stepping down. And then there's going to be this meeting that is happening today where they're going to talk more about it and stuff. And so we don't really necessarily know why he's stepping down. There's no official statement. We just know that this is happening and, you know, we don't know a lot about the next steps yet. Okay. Um, have you, you talked to or tried to talk to people from the city? Have you gotten any comment on this resignation? Yeah. So when I had reached out to the city, I hadn't gotten much of a response. The city said that no one was available from the city to talk to me. Um, I reached out to the mayor, Tanya Graham, who said that she wasn't going to talk until after the meeting on Friday and mm -hmm. Lassard's email bounced back. So he is not looking at his emails, I guess, maybe, um, so basically because of that and because the city wasn't talking about this, we kind of wanted to work on reporting around the source, which is a technique that we use in journalism when people won't talk to you. So basically we tried to think about like who are the people outside of the city who you know could speak about the manager or something like that. So the first person I went to was the former mayor, Julie Akins, who was the mayor when Joe Lassard was hired in 2021. Um, she told me that she had a good working relationship with him mm -hmm. um, and heard, you know, had good things about him when she worked with him and stuff. So that was kind of like the person that I was actually able to get in touch with who could talk about Joe Lassard. Um, I also talked to Akins at the time about her resignation because if people don't remember, she stepped down as the mayor last January along at the same time as city council member Sean Moran. Mm -hmm. And she told me the reason that she left was because of her difficulties working with now mayor Tanya Graham, who was a city council member at the time. Um, so she says she found it like hard to, you know, get stuff through on the council um, and hard to convince other members, including Graham, to kind of fix the city's finances. The city of Ashland's finances are a mess. And I was very worried about it and found, um, found Joe willing to talk about that. But I did not find Mayor Graham nor the council willing to discuss that in the majority. Yeah. Hmm. So she says that she has no idea why Lassard is resigning. She hasn't talked to him, but she could imagine it'd be difficult to be the city manager if you were trying to si fix the city's finances and had to work with the city council members here. Um, Graham and Akins like butted heads a lot in meetings, including very publicly often. Um, and Graham has criticized Akins in the past for creating a, uh, quote, toxic working environment at the city in blog posts that she's written. So, you know, they both have arguments about each other. 
Okay, so um, what do we know about the next steps in terms of having a city manager? Yeah, so we don't know a lot about the timeline yet. Um, so we don't really know if he's already quit or if he has a last day in the next coming weeks. Um, the internal email that was sent was from the deputy city manager, Sabrina Cotta, and she said that she'll remain at the city and will help through the transition and continue with all these initiatives. Um, we could possibly maybe see her as the manager pro tem during this transition, or maybe she might apply for the position. I don't know. Um, there's the meeting that's happening tonight at 6 p.m. where we're going to get more information about what happens, where they'll officially accept the resignation, and then they're going to also like approve a severance package for him. When I looked at his contract when he first was hired, it said that he gets a year of severance pay if he left within the first two years on the job. But I also noticed in the meeting it talked about a severance adjustment agreement, so that could possibly change. Um, so we don't really know a lot until this meeting tonight. Okay. Thanks, Roman. Um, Jane, one more story that you worked on this week, um, which was about the fairly depressing numbers of Chinook salmon coming back in the South Umpqua River. Uh, give us a description about that story. Yeah, so the news is that apparently there are very few of the spring-run adult Chinook salmon returning to the South Umpqua River, which is near Canyonville in Oregon. Uh, there was an Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife count recently, and they found only 17 adult fish Yikes. were returning wow. to the to, to the river to spawn. Um, so that's a big drop-off from last year when there were about 160, oh. and the 10-year average is 141. So there's a lot of reasons, obviously, why this could be, you know, water temperature, ocean conditions, climate change, habitat loss, you know, all these things could be leading to um, population decline and obviously has uh, a lot of impacts on the region and local indigenous communities that have fishing rights. Um, orcas feed on these salmon, so they're you know, food population is declining. So there's a group of environmental nonprofits that has actually asked the National Marine Fisheries Service to add protections for these fish under the Federal Endangered Species Act. So that would be for Chinook salmon on the Oregon coast, in Southern Oregon, and in Northern California. And they would all theoretically get to be protected under the, the Endangered Species Act. Okay, so these groups are pushing for an added layer of protection. When will they hear back about that decision from the National Marine Fisheries Service? Sometime later this year, not not exactly sure. Um, the National Marine Fisheries Service has said earlier that adding these protections may be warranted. So it m sounds like they might be leaning towards doing it, or at least they said it, it you know, might be warranted to do. Um, and if, if they do decide to add protections for, for the Chinook salmon, that could mean adding restrictions on fishing activities or other activities or monitoring. So it's kind of up to them um, what might change in terms of how they think would best protect these fish. So we'll have to wait and see what their decision is. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Jane. Okay, that's going to do it for the debrief. You can find more on our website at ijpr.org. Um, you can get this podcast and others that JPR produces at jeffexchange.org or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. 